Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome to Broke's Bricks Breakfast. <laughs> Welcome Thanks. to Broke Box Breakfast. My name is Luke. And I am a robot. What can you tell me about movies? You're such a scary sounding robot. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the robot in this in yeah. this movie. Very scary. Uh, today, we're doing Electric Dreams from, what was it, 84? Yes, 1984. 1984. Cool, 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 cool. This is a cool movie. Is it? Let's... Let's chat about it. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah, we'll, I, we'll there see. were things I liked about it. Anyway, we'll jump right in. I'll tell you some things about some of the actors in this movie. Cool. I'd be very interested to hear. Yeah, there's a couple little gems in here. Um, the main guy, Lenny Von Dolan, mm -hmm. is still working. All okay, of the main nice. people in this movie are still working. Yeah. Nothing, you know, huge, but mm -hmm. a few notable little gems from his filmography include twin peaks fire walk with me yeah i mean i definitely recognize him right away <laughs> right uh home alone three and teeth okay whoa uh yeah <laughs> i don't know if i've ever seen home alone three i just yeah was I definitely like, have. oh yeah that's like a movie mm -hmm. virginia madsen who is our uh lead female i would argue has been a little more successful Okay. Yeah, the name sounds familiar, but I... Yeah, she was one of the leads in the Swamp Thing show. Like, she was in every episode of Swamp yeah. Thing, which came out last year. So she's huh. still doing really well. She was a recurring character in Elementary. She was in A Haunting in Connecticut. She was in oh, shit. Uh, Candyman. She was in Sideways. So oh, wow. she's definitely got some stuff going on. Yeah. And a little bit of range, too, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's cool. Then we have, honestly, Bud Court, the guy who voiced Edgar, mm -hmm. seems like maybe kind of the biggest deal almost. He was in Life Aquatic. He was in Harold and Maude. He was on MASH. Yeah. Uh, he was in Coyote Ugly. So he's had a career that seems like has spanned quite a few decades. Um, mm -hmm. He was in stuff up until like 2016. It's his last credit on IMDb. But like... Okay. He's got some stuff going on. Um, and then lastly, because those are really the only three or four rather like significant characters, but there was one really amazing, not cameo, but like now it's a cameo. Did you do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, wait, do I? The I woman remember. who sold the ticket to them or rather declined his credit cards at the theater. Okay. Who was that? Miriam Margulies. She is Professor Sprout. Whoa. Mm hmm Okay. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yep. I recognized her as soon as she came up. I, I and that <laughs> speaks a bit to my nerddom about Harry Potter. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah. If you don't know me personally, if you're listening <laughs> and you don't know me. Um, but yeah. I recognized her right away. I was like, holy shit. Oh man. It's Professor yeah, I Sprout. I didn't pick up on that at all. I'm really bad at yeah. like recognizing younger versions of actors. Well, and it's bizarre because she only has like two lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, She's, and she, it's very well, brief. She does that insane thing that people do in movies where she just like cuts his credit cards in half. Like, yeah, is that a thing people actually did? I want to talk about that later. Oh God, I have no idea. But that's basically it for the actors. Yeah. Okay. It's almost the opposite on the back end because there is a lot of people who did a lot of stuff. 
It was directed by a guy named Steve Barron, mm-hmm. who this was his first movie that he directed. Oh. And immediately after, well, not immediately, like six years later, uh, his second movie was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Holy hell, the live it action just one? He's coming up on this show. Yeah. I feel like this like is... the first Ninja Turtles movie. This is becoming just a Ninja Turtles fan podcast. Yeah. I mean, you might as well lean into it. Yeah. Screw it. And we are fans of Ninja Turtles. Can you get the Ninja Turtles movies on YouTube? God, I wish. Ooh, I don't know. Or Maybe like the, the third one. Yeah. Uh, but after that, he did the Coneheads movie and some other less notable <laughs> stuff because he spent most of his time uh, directing music videos. Okay. And I just wrote down a couple that he he directed the Take On Me video. Which is kind of legendary. Yeah. That's cool. He did Billy Jean for Michael Jackson. I don't remember that video, but I'm sure it was good. He did both Africa and Rosanna for Toto. Okay. And Amazing. He just did another sort of stuff. I just wrote a list down for Brian Adams, David Bowie, and Fleetwood Mac and Madonna and ZZ Top. So he's like Jesus all over the place with those, yeah. those like, I guess, 80s people. I just have to say also in regards to, in regards to Coneheads, I have to say how thankful I am that it seems mm-hmm. like we as a society have agreed to stop making films out of SNL sketches. Yes. Because yeah. what was the last one? Was it McGruber? McGruber, yeah. I think was probably the last <laughs> one. Like, I'm so glad there's not a fucking Stefan movie. I'm so glad there's... Or a it's... David S. Pumpkins movie. Oh, God. Ugh. I mean, I'd watch that, but... I Well, they kind of actually did make, like, a short movie of it, but... Really? <laughs> yeah, it's like a cartoon. It's very... Weird. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It, yeah. Like, the, the premise of the character doesn't lend itself well to, like, a narrative, but... Yep. As with basically all SNL characters. (laughs) Yeah. It has worked well exactly one time with Wayne's World. I never saw Wayne's World. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, we can do this now. (laughs) Anyway, we digress. This is now both a Ninja Turtles cast and an SNL (laughs) cast. Ninja Turtles fan cast, SNL hate cast. Yes. But in any case, uh, written, produced, and second unit directed... Uh, so this guy had a real hand in it. A guy named Rusty Limerand. Okay. Who was a production manager for Caddyshack, which is kind of fun. That's something, yeah. I He had a lot of like different roles listed on his IMDb, but only like, you know, eight or ten credits in each role. So it seems like he just kind of did a lot of stuff. Yeah. The thing that was that was most fun for me, and I imagine it will be for you too, is he was also the producer slash writer slash second unit director for captain eo holy shit <laughs> really the weird michael jackson like disney ride thing yeah oh my god mm-hmm. that's amazing he wrote and produced okay that's yeah. fantastic love captain eo so then we get to it's produced by a guy named larry deway who also produced hunt for red october and backdraft and some other okay. less famous stuff and I just kind of brushed by him because the executive producer, I don't know if you saw in the credits at all, was Richard Branson. What? Like the virgin guy, the guy, the yeah. billionaire, Richard Branson. I didn't even know he had a career in film. Yeah, neither did I. It's very short. Um, none of the other ones I've heard of, and I wouldn't have heard of this except for this show. Like, yeah, very short list of, he had like hundreds of, you know, as self, but in, in producing, yeah, right. it was like, 12 huh and this is one of them i guess he just really i don't know i have like i feel like 
part of it is that that music plays such a big role in the film maybe is why he's kind yeah, of yeah definitely that's true i don't know i feel like he has just kind of tried everything and mm-hmm. we just know him for the stuff that has stuck i guess which is like the airline yeah. and the music store yeah i mean uh, spoiler alert for you know the the section later where i talk about trying to find this movie nowadays uh <laughs> virgin pictures is impossible to find any information of yeah i would guess it's not on the wikipedia page it's not like on his page it's not on there's not links to you know on any of the other virgin websites yeah yeah it's <laughs> i think it was a short-lived venture but anyway speaking of music by far the probably the most famous person involved in this I guess apart from Richard Branson, but I don't know how involved he was. Uh, music by a guy named Giorgio Moroder. Hell yeah. Did you know who that is? Yeah, thanks to Daft Punk. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had no idea who that was. And I looked him up and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know who he was before Random Access Memories, which was like 2015 or 2014 or something. Um, but he's in that one. he's in that one song on Random Access Memories. Um, uh, with Daft Punk. Okay, I gotta listen yeah. to that. I'm behind on my Daft Punk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he has over 350 IMDb credits. Yeah. On soundtracks, uh, but yeah. that's just like people using his songs in movies, because he wrote the one that the, the we're propping up the most. He wrote Danger Zone and he wrote Take My Breath Away, and mm-hmm. that was in like you know a bunch of movies. But um, as far as like actual composing for movies, he did this one and he did uh, Top Gun, which I guess is where the Danger Zone one comes from. Yeah. And then he did stuff like Flashdance. And then again, very fun for me, he did Over the Top, the Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah. So uh, he's done a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, for sure. And then just going to really quick shout out to cinematographer Alex Thompson, shot around 50 movies, including... Again, Sylvester Sloan's Demolition Man and Cliffhanger. Okay, nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, so like I mentioned before, the production company Virgin Pictures mm-hmm. does not seem to exist anymore. And I can't imagine Mr. Branson himself is going to concern himself with this movie. Yeah. Uh, it does probably. have a Blu-ray release and a DVD release, but they're both Region 2. They're both like from a British company. Mm-hmm. So I think it's another case of where like they don't really care, especially for this movie, if it's on YouTube over here. Yeah, they're not going to sell it anyways because it won't work on our shit. Yeah. Well, cool. So this is uh, this is Electric Dreams. Should we? Yes. Scrolling to the chat about it. Our first rom com. (laughs) Very exciting. Yeah. Um, Very romantic. I I there were some things about this movie that I really really liked. Yeah. And also just okay. in general, I feel like for me, it inspired less incredulity than some of the other films. Have. <laughs> like there, I didn't take yeah. as many notes as I usually do, because there's usually a bunch of moments that are just like, what the hell? And in this one, I just there weren't that many. There's definitely yeah. a few, <laughs> but, but mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. Like I, I came out of it. I feel like I have no strong feelings about this movie one way or the other yeah yeah you know it'll probably be a short episode because i'm just like eh, right nice yeah. one of the weird parts is the very beginning where it starts with text dialogue that's the first note that i took is that the the titles are fucking awesome mm-hmm. i love it so much yeah 
And, but, like, who, what, is it supposed to be the computer that he has talking with another oh. computer telling him his life story? Oh, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I it, it, it seemed like maybe they were trying to make it narratively important, but I don't think it really was. I think it was just cool titles. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a way to get the title in there. And it's a way to have yeah. the line, it's a fairy tale for computers. Yep. I guess kind of describes this movie. In cool, like, technicolor rainbow shit. Yeah. I mean, the aesthetic of the movie was probably my favorite part. Yeah. Because it, it does, it was made in the mid-80s. But it takes place in that sort of, like, near future that they had in the 80s. That <laughs> I took a note at some point that... This almost feels like I could imagine this taking place in the same universe as RoboCop, but just this is what's happening like in California while that's happening in Detroit. Yeah, I could see it. Everything is yeah, very very much like cassettes and like gizmos and futuristic, but it's not like you know space stuff. It's just right. a little bit in the future. Right. So this is uh, we meet Miles. Here's Miles. Yes. He is at the airport. He's heading home to San Francisco. And there's a big montage of like, oh, the people at the airport have all these electronics. And we get the feeling right off the bat that Miles has a bit of disdain for electronics. Not anything, you know, outlandish, but he's just a bit of an old fashioned guy and he doesn't have a lot of gizmos and gadgets and stuff. Yeah. Maybe it's because that one guy had a calculator watch that called him fat <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> like you lost 12 pounds that means you are still fat <laughs> it's so good thanks watch and there's uh i mean it it correctly prophesied airpods basically yeah there's a woman next to him at the airport who's like she says she says something to him like just like where do you live oh, yeah she says it really weirdly <laughs> and he's like what oh huh oh i i live in san francisco and then she starts saying increasingly mm-hmm. weird stuff like, do you have a banana? And he's just like, what are you talking about? And then she takes her little mm-hmm. like wireless headphones out and she goes, what are you talking to me? And apparently she's been like practicing, you know, speaking English or whatever. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of a classic gag. A little bit of clairvoyance <laughs> there. Yeah. So he gets to San Fran and he goes to work and he is an architect. And uh, again, it's the same kind of shtick of like, everybody has technology except for miles for some reason. And one of his buddies is like, hey, man, you got to get one of these like little ele- like digital calendar things that keeps your schedule all organized. And he's like, yeah. no, nah, I, I don't want one. He's like, it looks like a chocolate bar. Yeah. And I wrote down this scene was kind of cool, too, because there's a whole little scene that is uh, shot just from like CCTV angles and it's all in black and white. And it's yeah. like, kind of really cool. Yeah. I was thinking they were going to keep doing that. but Yeah, I wish they had because it added a little layer of like, this is the world that we're in. There's, you know, it's like a surveillance kind of deal. Mm-hmm. There's cameras everywhere. Yeah. So, oh, and the reason Miles was late, the reason he was out of town in the first place, and this carries throughout the whole movie, is he's trying to research some sort of and design an earthquake proof brick to yes. build houses out of. Yes uh what <laughs> yeah he's trying like, to design a brick that will change the world mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure what they do with most earthquake proof places is they don't worry about the bricks they worry about like the foundations and stuff yeah but that's just because they haven't heard about miles's brick yet 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, shaped like a puzzle piece because puzzles never Whoa! fall apart. Oh, <laughs> it's got more fucking sides. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I only mention that because it's the driving force of the whole yeah, movie. The whole fucking movie. Somehow. So he goes to the computer store and he's like, hey, I want like a little gadget for my schedule. And the lady's like, we are out of those. We don't have those. And then mm-hmm. she somehow she's a great salesperson because she somehow just talks him into buying an entire home computer. Just a full on computer. And he's like, all right, cool. And he takes it home. Well, did you catch the, the one line at the store where uh, when she's like selling to him, she's like, what's your preference? Apple? Pear? Wang? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. I get the joke of like Apple and the pear, but like it was Wang an actual type of computer or what? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so strange. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, he buys it. It's one of those old beige looking computers. Yeah. One of the big clunky desktop ones. He takes it home. He's setting it up and stuff. Meanwhile, his new neighbor is moving in and she's very nice. And she says hi and whatever. And he's setting the computer yeah, up. She has a fish tank. She has fish I, tank. I thought it was going to come back, but it never does. Nope. She plays the cello, though. That comes back. Mm, yeah. And so she uh, pretty much this right away, right? She goes to orchestra practice. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I took a note of there's a, a cool little scene here. Again, There's it's a, it's a strong opening for this film to me because there's a, cool, a couple of cool little things all in a row. There's sort of a juxtaposition between her first like rehearsal with the orchestra and miles who is like finishing setting up the computer and it's this really nice right blend, yeah blend of like the orchestral music with like the computer stuff and it, it, it's mm-hmm. this movie has a really beautiful eye for technological kind of stuff and it's interesting it's very interesting. yeah there's there's a lot of like sweeping shots, uh, close-ups yeah. on like circuit boards and like just yeah. around the computer. And there's also a lot of montages where a song will be playing and like different people will be doing different things. Yeah, it, it very like it, it makes sense in a way that, that the guy, the director, was such a music video guy because the movie kind of feels like that in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I can see that. So basically, what this computer does is it can like run everything in his house it's like an alexa yeah he gets a bunch of adapters yeah he can hook up his fucking blender and his microwave and his electric toothbrush and his stereo and all this stuff Mm -hmm. to the computer and it'll run it for him and it also asks him his name like right off the bat when he's setting it up yeah man he he accidentally instead of miles he accidentally types moles and, and just, the computer persists in calling him moles for the rest of the entire movie. The whole, like, why? <laughs> like, what a dupus. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, hello, moles. And he right away is like, oh, shoot. Wait, no, that's not my name. But apparently it's irreversible. Right now. There's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. So he, he basically falls asleep during this montage, I think. Is this when the, the he downloads all the data onto the computer? Well, yeah, I, I think I just wanted to mention one thing because I think it comes back later where he, the doors, the computer can lock his doors also. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so. So he, he does something, he does something with the computer and it's sort of confusing and I don't remember exactly what it was, but he, right, he goes to like right. download something or receive something from somewhere. It, feels, it seems like he's going to like hack into his boss's computer. Yeah. 
I don't know why, but ultimately the the computer asks him like what is the like do you want to set a data limit for this download or something like that right yeah and he says no unlimited mm-hmm. and the computer goes unlimited data or whatever yeah and then it just downloads like too much everything it was probably like, like one megabyte <laughs> i mean it's sort of funny because it sort of seems like it just gets on the internet yeah <laughs> basically but this is wide world right it's like it has all this information now and it can like watch roy rogers by itself and shit like that yeah can you imagine crazy he also at this point has set the computer up to work on his earthquake proof brick Mm -hmm. just kind of on its own i guess it's trying to like optimize the shape of this fucking brick yeah and for the whole movie for the whole (laughs) movie (laughs) Just keeps coming back. But it's never really important. Yeah. I don't even think he... Does he even solve it at the end? I can't remember. I don't remember, but I don't think so. I'll, I'll look at my notes when I get there. But yeah, I think it... I mean, and the, the, the thing I got out of it was maybe that, you know, this sort of like square-ish design, they just wanted to have that so that they could have an excuse for it. Whenever the computer starts talking, there's like little squares that like sort of bounce around the screen like a mouth or like a... Yeah. waveform almost so maybe that's i don't know maybe it's like related to that they were like oh we gotta have some reason for this to be happening but anyway so the so it downloads too much data this the computer starts like smoking and and that you know would have been enough downloading all this data oh, but right. for some reason yeah. he also decides like in order to you know fix the computer he's gonna put out the fire by pouring some champagne on it yeah and i guess it was yeah, the, the computer got too hot the people didn't know you shouldn't like pour water onto your computer. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I was like, I wonder if that champagne is what, what gave it like a personality. <laughs> it's just all yeah. coming together. So the computer, the computer is kind of set up to learn sort of mm-hmm. not necessarily intentionally, but that is what he has done. And so the next day, what's the neighbor's name? I forgot her name. Uh, Madeline. Madison. Madeline. Madeline. <laughs> Madeline. <laughs> so so Madeline, whatever it is, Maddie. she she is uh she's practicing her cello in her upstairs apartment the next day. And yes. the computer does a cute little duet with her that she can hear through like the vents in her floor. Mm-hmm. Uh and she thinks it's Miles, obviously, playing some right. kind of weird instrument. But it's this very cute little scene and she's clearly into it. She's like, Oh, this is fun, this is great. And she sees him. Yeah, they bump into each other at the supermarket. Yeah, she sees him at the store and she's like, hey, that was a fun duet we did the other day. And he's like, what are you talking about? Um, And she's like, the music you were playing. Yeah, they never really figure out what's going on. They both just kind of accept like that the other one is saying something that they don't understand. It's very weird. He doesn't understand what she means by the music and she doesn't understand why he's saying like, oh, what? But they just are like, okay, whatever. She sort of goes like, all right, you can have your private music. I won't ask about it anymore or something like that. Yeah. But she like invites him to dinner. Yeah. Uh, they, they go on a little date. They're being very flirty. They go on a date. They have a good time. Yeah. And they, it seems like they get along reasonably well. And also both of these yeah. people are reasonably good actors. And it's, you know, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. It's a very nice just like scene. Yeah. It's super funny though because he goes home then. 
and he's trying to figure out what the music was and is mm-hmm. literally his first idea is so he's like okay i know the, the computer must yeah. have done something and his first idea he just goes maybe it was the blender yeah like why your why? blender sounds like music it's clearly just no. the computer is just doing shit but he you know he's like yeah. what was it i don't know i have to know and then a fucking dog comes the, in the blender would be the last thing yeah yeah the dog the dog just wanders into his apartment and things are getting kind of hectic and he is sort of realizing that the computer is making these sounds on its own and the computer starts to imitate the dog sounds and it starts to imitate Mm. his voice and it starts to do all this stuff yeah and then madeline shows up again yeah and he's just gotten out of the shower yeah oh my god oh wait yeah 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 for some reason as soon as she shows up (laughs) he like throws his shirt over top of the computer I guess because he's he's like, oh, I don't want her to know that I'm a huge nerd. I have a computer. He, like, why is he hiding he, a computer? I it it blows my mind. I don't understand <laughs> why he's so obsessed with not letting anyone find out that he has a fucking computer. Yeah, and also <laughs> just telling her that that the music that the computer made the music. Like, just tell her. Yeah, you know. But also, <laughs> she walks in to his apartment. And he's nude, mm-hmm. and she just hangs out. Yeah. She just chats with him for a second. He's got a very small towel on. <laughs> the tiniest towel. It's like a dish towel. Yeah, just and they're just hanging out. Like, hey, you want to come to my concert? And she doesn't like mention it. She doesn't go like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to put some pants on real quick or something? She just no, is like, yeah, yeah, what's up? Do you have a dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she hears the barking. She hears like other sounds. He's, yeah. She's like, is that your instrument that's under that shirt? But so, but yeah, like like you mentioned, she gives him tickets to her concert tonight, and he's like, oh, thanks. And I think this is the first part where she says, like, oh, are you gonna bring somebody? And he's like, no. Mm-hmm. But basically, I mean, he goes. Nothing else happens before the concert, right? He goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes. And this is a super bizarre scene. How the mm-hmm. fuck? So he's got a beeper. <laughs> yeah. And the computer, I guess, is connected to the beeper so it can hear the music at the concert. And then it can also play its weird computer music through the beeper. Yeah. That I did not understand. It's probably the most absurd leap that they make technologically in the whole movie. Yeah. And also that he has no way of just turning it off. Yeah. Like he doesn't seem to be able to turn it off at all. Yeah. And he's super embarrassed and everybody's really angry at him. And they're like, come on. Yeah. Why are I you mean, doing? it's the classic thing of where like they're at the, the symphony. And so everyone around him is like old and fancy. And yeah. his, his little beeping machine is like making some noise. And yeah. Like, a lady literally says, well, I never. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. And also that same lady, as he's like rushing out, she, she yells after him and calls him a punk. But... I don't know about you. I had to rewind that and re-listen to it because the first time through, it really sounded like she called him a cunt. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> what is happening? This movie. Oh, man. No, I didn't push that, that R rating. <laughs> uh, maybe it was just like the quality of the YouTube version, but I was like, holy shit. No, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I wish she had. That would be funnier. Yeah, right? Oh, just, man. Like, bust out into that. Oh, uh, Anyways. He, yeah, his solution to the pager going off is is he runs to the bathroom and flushes it down the toilet. Yep. So that works, I guess. Yeah. Bye, pager. Takes care of his problem for the time being. Yeah. 
this was when I took a random note that I noticed that the uh, the lead guy looks like a combination between Alec Baldwin and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Go look at a picture of this guy I can see that. from this movie uh, <laughs> if you're listening and let me know what you think. Yeah, he does. He has that sort of like smooth face that yeah. young Alec Baldwin had. And like the Mr. Rogers eyes. Yeah. He's got like little beady Mr. Rogers eyes. Yeah. Not to misalign Mr. Rogers and his eyes, but... <laughs> No, they're very sparkling. I guess. <laughs> uh, so he's thoroughly embarrassed, but he still gets to go kind of backstage and meet Maddie after mm-hmm. it's over. And he's apologetic, yeah. but she's very sweet at the same time. And is like, thank you for coming. And he's like, yeah. oh, thank you for the tickets. And it's and she's it's cute. It seems like she's like interested in the pager sound. She was like, yeah, kind of happy that she was like, oh, that was cool. Yeah, because it reminds her of the little duet that she did with the computer the other day. Yeah, uh, but then Ugh. Bill comes up. Fucking Bill. He may as well be named fucking Biff, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of looks like Biff. Biff. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it, there's, she has given no indicate. Like, we see Bill, like, in the very first scene with the symphony, and he's just kind of, like, hits on her briefly. Yeah, he's just like but a she jerk. has given no indication that she you know she's going on dates with miles you know i guess they weren't exclusive or anything yeah but it's it's really a shock to miles and kind of the viewer also like oh yeah it definitely was yeah this dude's kissing her neck yeah he comes up like from behind her and like grabs her waist and kisses her neck and it's very like yeah it's like oh god okay good job on the symphony yeah but i did take a note that throughout this scene at least i mean we compared him to biff but bill honestly seems like a totally nice guy so far. Like he yeah. says he's heard of Miles' music. He compliments him. He invites him to the after party. Oh yeah. Like he does do that. He's not being a dick or anything. He just is bizarre and out of place. Yeah. This was also where I took a note that, that this was the first time I took a note that the music is amazing. Uh, and this was before I didn't yeah. know that Giorgio Moroder did it until afterwards. So I was like, Oh, this music is just awesome. Uh, okay. It reminds me of fucking Epcot. Yeah. And I love that. It's so good. It it comes up later. I took this note, but it it almost feels to me like a vaporwave type of movie. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Because when the computer makes music, it's like repurposing commercials, even. Yeah. Which is very much like a vaporwave type thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. The whole aesthetic of it is just really great. Definitely. But anyways, so despite Bill, Madeline makes plans with Miles for Wednesday. Yeah, I'm already running out of notes. So, yeah. I, yeah, I really didn't take a lot of notes on this one. So I don't remember kind of the minutia of the rest of the plot. Yeah, I mean, it, like, Miles is upset with the computer, but, oh, okay. So he says he's going to, like, get someone to come check it because it's, like, bugging out. But yes. that yeah. night is when the computer starts to learn to talk. Yes, okay, yeah. Because it hears Miles talking in his sleep, and it starts to, like, synthesize his words. And this was another scene I had to rewind because... And this sounded the same the second time. The very first thing that the computer starts to say, do you do you remember what that was? No. Because it sure sounded to me like the computer was just going, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I was like, okay. I listened to it like three times, and I was like, I cannot hear anything else. <laughs> oh, my God. There's no way that's what it's saying. 
but there's a bunch of like secret cursing in this movie it seems <laughs> i have to go back and check that out no i didn't notice that at all damn yeah like the very first and then it starts like repeating what he what miles is saying but right uh, i could i that was all i could hear i could not hear anything else so anyone else please let us know what the fuck the computer is saying <laughs> <laughs> that's super funny okay anyways uh, so miles like wakes up uh, from the from the noise and you know sort of is like wow oh, what's happening yeah and has a chat with the computer it's it's very philosophical at one point because the computer's like do i have a brain and miles is like no and they talk about like well what is a brain and yeah blah 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 and the computer ends up asking about madeline and this is the first i guess uh, inkling you get that the computer has feelings itself whoa yeah it's gonna get real irobot in here so just prepare yourself yeah also is this the first time where we get a sequence where and this is just interesting kind of in the context of this podcast but uh there were three (laughs) yeah it doesn't happen yet but it happens i think soon okay i'll get to when we get there (laughs) yeah uh that was i that was a real shock too yeah we'll see um anyways it cuts to their date and then they go to a drive-in movie just having fun. It's really awkward, uh, but eventually they kiss. Yeah, I, I wrote down this scene is very slapsticky. Like he's knocking stuff over, it and is. he actually hits her in the face. It's a little much, but it it get mm-hmm. we get there, you know. Yeah. So oh yeah, and then they go back to her place and I guess have sex. Presumably. Oh, is this the part where there was one really cute, really quippy little line where he was like are you sure we should do this? We're, we're neighbors. What if it doesn't work out? And she just goes, and one of us moves. Oh yeah. And he goes, and what if it does work out? And she goes, and one of us moves. And I thought it was really cute. I like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice line. Yeah. So this is where, if I'm correct, Miles is, has, has really fallen for, for her and he wants to, but he's still living this lie of like, I'm a secret musician. And we had that secret like little jam session that one day, which was the whole reason kind of that you became interested in me, or at least that's how he kind of perceives it. So he's stressed and he's like, I got to write her a song. Mm. And so he asks his computer to write her a song. (laughs) Yeah. And boy, does it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that first song. (laughs) Holy shit. Very enjoyable. It's so good. This is the one where it, it, the computer is like, and this is another thing where it has, it's a montage of the computers composing the song while they're on a date yeah. to Alcatraz, which we can get to in a second. Yeah. But, uh, the computer like, you know, starts with like fast beat. It's all electronic-y. And it's like, what are good melodies? And it plays some like classic commercial jingles. And it's like, no, too short. Mm-hmm. No, too slow. Mm-hmm. And then it finds like a Pepsi one. And it's like, perfect. And then it says reversing. And it like turns it around and chops it up. And it's like, yeah. It's very, very much like, you know, prescient of like modern styles of music, I feel like. Yeah. But anyways, while this is happening, they're at Alcatraz. And they're just like... Is there a carnival at Alcatraz? I have no idea. I've never been. they go to a carnival. Boy, do they. I guess there is. It's a very strange date. Yeah. Because they, they're about to take a tour of Alcatraz, but then they like slip off and sneak away and just like kind of run around Alcatraz and like go in mm-hmm. the cells and stuff like that yeah this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie i guess yeah it's good it's like hijinks and good music happening basically this is just kind of 
solidifying the relationship more and it's just like they both have a great time yeah it's fun <laughs> yeah and then he goes home and he wants to hear that song <laughs> yes the song the music is good and then the lyrics happen oh my did God. you write down those lyrics i wrote one of them i think it's the same one i wrote the part that's like i love you to bits and i want to see your tits that one. yeah that's the one what a good love song yeah <laughs> well it's a computer it doesn't know so it, it it it's a really effective comedic moment to me it's super funny yeah i laughed for sure because this computer has you know written a song uh based on the very shallow understanding it has of love or whatever and it's vulgar and stupid and <laughs> and immediately you know miles aka moles is like whoa 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 no 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 that's not that's not what I'm talking about you got it all wrong, and the yeah. computer is like well that's you have to explain to me what love is I don't know what love is, so he basically just tells him like do it again make it slower make the lyrics nicer yeah he he says something about like it's when two people kiss it's when there's two lips two pairs yeah. of lips yeah he has to explain what kissing computer is computer simulates it yeah it's very silly and then um, it cuts to this is like really brief and it briefly comes back later, but it was kind of a, a weird thing for me that he's at one point drawing a picture of Madeline. Oh yeah. And it's really good. Yeah. I'll, to me, this was just indicative of like, well, and I felt it more so at the end where spoiler alert, but she's, she like goes into his apartment at one point and sees the picture that she's, he has drawn of her. And to me that it, it was just mm -hmm. a beat of like, Hey, this guy is like talented. He is an artist. He's not a musician, but like he has this other thing that he should have been proud of all along and he didn't need to lie yeah. about the bullshit music that his computer made, you know? Yeah. That was definitely the, the sense that I got as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just like, just draw for her. You don't have to like yeah, exactly. this whole thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, but this is the first time the computer is like, the piece is done. And this is when what you're about to talk about happens. Yeah, it's a bummer. But I guess I understand the necessity of it for so for the copy that I watched on YouTube. And I guess I guess both of us watched mm -hmm. this whole scene is silent. And yes, presumably that's because if the, whatever the song is would get uh, claimed and the video would get taken down. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a bummer, yeah. but it's, you know, it happens. It's it's funny, like, I guess in the context of the podcast, to see that, like, the movie itself is fine to have on there, but, yeah, you know, maybe it's because Virgin Records still exists, but Virgin Pictures did not, Yeah, or and, I'm not sure why. but And because of just uh, the notoriety of Giorgio Moroder. Yeah, that too. Yeah. But yeah, they're able to have the movie up, just got to cut out some songs. Yeah. We get like a three minute bit of silence that's basically just like a montage. Yeah. But I, I wrote down Miles seems to be appreciating this song more than the first one. So I guess yeah. it was better. We're going to assume that it's good <laughs> because Miles likes it. Mm -hmm. And then Madeline sort of like creeps in while right at the end and it cuts just as the song is ending, the sound comes back. And she's yeah. like, I love this song that you made. And she kisses him. And then the computer makes those dog barking sounds from earlier. So you're like, yeah. ooh, uh-oh. Got a real love triangle happening now. I also wrote at this point that the computer's voice is growing increasingly upsetting. Like, it, it 
there are, there are certain voices like sometimes in cartoons and stuff that just like i really hate and they just like really grind on me but like i guess in an effective way because a computer starts to like get really like yeah like this really kind of awful like aggression yeah. in it and it's like yeah gave me the heebie-jeebies so a bunch of shit happens oh uh the computer asks like what's a dream yeah and they make like a disney reference or whatever so this we have our second instance of the sound cutting out but the computer has its own dream uh, and it's some very like I think it's actually just regular animation made to look like early CGI. Yeah. Vaporwave as fuck. Yeah. It's awesome. I like it a lot. But uh, I did notice that in the computer's dreams, there's buildings falling all over the place. And yeah. Even in its dreams and even in its loving state, it's still preoccupied with this fucking brick that yep. it's supposed to be designing for this guy. The earthquake it's brick. Like, I could never figure it out had to put the earthquake brick on hold for a day or two to write some love songs, but now it's back. Yeah. Gotta get back to it. Always. I have, I have no more notes. <laughs> how, how did, how does it end? Were you just like enjoying the movie at this point? I I mean, kind of. Yeah. Also just like nothing really. I lied. I, I do have one more note, but it's not like plot related. Okay. Well, whenever, whenever that part pops up, just, yeah. just chime in with it. I'll, I'll quick run through. <laughs> Um, we have the scene where she gets on the elevator and for some reason yeah. someone like shoves her and the door closes and breaks her cello and she cries to Bill about it. And this yes. is where we see that, oh, Bill actually is a dick. Yes. He's like, well, who's going to play the quartet? And she's like, Why don't you care at all? And so she tries to call Miles, but the computer is on the phone with him for some reason. I didn't even like make a note of why because it doesn't matter. Yeah. It just is so that she can't get in touch with him. Yeah. And Miles and the computer are getting like more and more annoyed at each other. Well, the computer seems to be like trying to please him. He's like, do you want me to do this for you? Do you want me to do that for you? Yeah. But then as soon as Madeline is brought up, the computer like wigs out and uses the crazy voice. It's like, ah, I want to touch her or whatever. Yeah, it's very gross. And also it seems like Miles just kind of wants like some alone time. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just is like, yeah, he's like, I'm tired of you being here. Like he just wants to be alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote down at this point that they just kind of feel like mismatched roommates. Like, yeah, they're just like, oh, this is not working out. Yeah. But he wants to go on a date with her. So they like sneak out on the date in order to like get past the computer. Yeah. The computer has its own party by flashing the lights and playing loud music. <laughs> it's quite a quite a quite a scene. So we have I'll just sort of like go to a, a couple other scenes that are Kind of well, one one scene that I did kind of like the the scene where they go to they're about to go to a play or they did go to a play or whatever. Miles and Madeline and yeah. she reveals to him that her cello broke. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, it's just a piece of wood." And it, at first, this seems insensitive, uh, but he when he explains his reasoning behind it, she you know is cheered up, and I was like, yeah. "Huh, it's really sweet." Uh, he's like, "Oh, the music." The music came from you. It was inside right. of you the whole time. You can, you know, you'll get another one and you'll be able to, like, it was kind of funny to me because I thought she was just sad that her, you know, she lost this, you know, treasured mm-hmm. antique, but apparently seems like she was like, well, my cello is broken. I'll never play again. <laughs> yeah, it did sort of seem like that, but he kind of talks her down and he's, you know, very supportive. He's the opposite of Bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking Bill. Yeah. But yeah, so this nice scene happens and then immediately we are treated to the computer's revenge on Miles. And yep. this is where 
uh, Professor Sprout comes in because the computer has has hacked all his credit cards so that they get rejected, and then she cuts them in half. This happens in like some other movie or TV show or something. I've seen it a couple times. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> if someone did that, I would be so pissed. Like, hey, even if it gets rejected, just give it back to me. Maybe there's a problem. Maybe I can fix it. Yeah, I can figure something out. Don't just cut it yeah. in half. I guess that was just protocol for to to prevent like I mean, maybe stuff when it was easier to make fakes and shit. Yeah, but. And that's Professor Sprout who does that BTW. Yes, yeah, the uh, the, the actress that you recognize. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It does a couple other things, like it's it, you know, has him his background check comes up as like, oh, he's armed and dangerous, or like at the fucking grocery store. Basically, the computer ruins date night. Yeah, it ruins his date night. So he arrives home and he yells at the computer and he like smacks it and it makes this like horrifying scream sound, which. Yeah, I was not expecting it at all. Yeah, it's awful. It's very scary. It gets a little, a little creepy at this point. Yeah, like it's never like a scary move, but it's just like, geez, why'd you yeah. make that choice? Yeah, this is the like the Pac-Man scene, right? Yeah, he, he like un- I think yeah. he unplugs it, but it doesn't turn off. And yeah, you're saying it's very eerie. That yeah, he unplugs it, and the computer just straight up goes, "I don't need that." Or like something like that is very, very scary. And then it sort of, sort of starts to chase him around his own house with his own devices. Yeah. And there's a funny juxtaposition that on the computer screen is like a game of Pac-Man with like his apartment as the map or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so he's like running away from his computer trying to make it. It's kind of funny. It reminded me a bit of, of the last movie that we watched with where it's like stuff is happening in real life and someone is watching like a tiny graphical version of that on the computer, like at the last segment of yeah. Uh, Terror Eyes. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so he, he sleeps in his bathroom because mm-hmm. briefly earlier in the movie, he he takes out the the like connector thing from his bathroom because the computer right. messes with his electric toothbrush and he, it pisses him off and he's like, ah, you're not allowed in here anymore. So yeah. his bathroom is like the only room that's safe. Mm-hmm. So he chills in there for a while and then he sets up like a little diversion where he turns on his razor in the bathroom and then like sneaks out. Yeah. While the computer is distracted. Yeah. And he runs to the computer store and asks the lady there for help. And she has the immortal line uh, for three bucks an hour. I don't know any more than I have to. <laughs> and I was like, yep. I felt that. She's killing it. Yeah. That hurts to even think about. Mm hmm. Anyways, he goes looking for Madeline at the symphony, but she's not there. She's at home, and he's like, oh, no. Computer sort of, like, lures her into the apartment somehow. Miles is driving home so fast that he wrecks his car and has to get out and run. It's a very hectic, yeah, he's such an idiot. Mm-hmm. And and she, like, she begins to sort of touch the, the circuit boards of the computer that are now exposed after Miles' damage that he did. And so it starts playing songs, and then she leaves. And Miles runs into her outside. Yep. And they have like a big romantic speech. And this is kind of another interesting sort of subversion, I guess, where she's the one giving him the big romantic speech. I don't remember yeah. what she said, but she's she's like, I don't care if you're not good at music, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this, was, this was the last note that I took. Yeah. Because so Miles is pretty straightforward and he's like, I can't lie to you anymore. I'm so sorry. I didn't write the songs. I'm not a musician or whatever. And she's totally chill about it. She's like, that's not why I like you. That's not yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And he goes, well, then why do you like me? (laughs) 
And the first thing she says is, I like the way you look. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And then she goes on to say these like really sweet and really profound things. Like, I like the way that you're kind to people. And I like the way you make me feel. And I like the way you smile and stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. the first thing she says out of the gate is, I like the way you look. <laughs> yeah. Pretty hot. You know? Yeah. Got those Mr. Rogers eyes. <laughs> those, those twinkly little beady motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, okay, and, yeah, and while they're talking, the computer is doing like love calculations, like computer plus yeah. Madeline equals whatever miles plus Madeline minus yeah. computer. Like okay, the the computer is the computer. It seems is sort of like growing a conscience. Yeah, almost because it's, it's trying to figure out like I love Madeline, but also my my dude Moles loves Madeline. Moles. So what do I do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is. It's kind of nice, and this niceness is almost immediately shattered by the image of Miles entering his apartment with a fucking axe in his hand. It's like, yeah, whoa, yeah. <laughs> you gotta cool out, man. He's nice now. He's ready, yeah. But he pretty quickly realizes that the computer has changed, and uh, he puts the speech chip back in, which I guess came out at some point, and the computer's like, I'm leaving. I finally understand what yeah. job is. And the computer is going to kill itself. I thought it was just going to do like a her thing and like upload itself to wherever, but it's, it seems like it's trying to kill itself because it's like, I ordered 40,000 volts from Japan. Yeah. Well, it, it does say what the computer says when it says, I figured out what love is. It says that love is giving and not taking. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a very simple, really candid and nice kind of rhetorical moment. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah, I feel like the the sort of attitude that this movie has towards like the love and the romance is good. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's nice sweet. To see. It's a sweet movie. I like so many romantic comedies have like shitty parts about them where like people right. act shitty, and this one is just kind of nice. Yeah, in this movie, the the person or the thing that provides the conflict is this evil. Well, not evil, but is this? It's this like crazy computer. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. The main characters get to be just like really nice people. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing. Oh, yeah. And right before the computer dies, it reveals that all along it has been, it's like, you never asked my name. And his name is Edgar. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then it fucking calls him Miles. Oh, does it? Oh, shit. I didn't even catch that. So I'm like, it calls him Miles one time right before it dies. And I'm like, what? You knew the whole time. Did you know the whole time? <laughs> I am programmed to be a dick. <laughs> yeah. It calls him Miles oh once and then it fucking blows up. And it really blows up, man. Oh, yeah. It, it explodes. explodes. And then we cut to conceivably like a couple days later or something and or a couple of weeks even. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And uh, Miles and Madeline are going on a little trip. And they say, like, no phones, no computers for, like, two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! And she's even like, stop thinking about your brick. Because I, I guess he never solved it. Yeah. Still working on the brick. Legend says <laughs> Moles is still working on the earthquake-proof brick to this very day. You gotta have a sequel about his, like, earthquake brick. He saves the world. I would watch it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they get in the car. And then whose voice do they hear over the radio? But Edgar dedicating Edgar. a song to them. And it seems like it's going to be like a really sweet ending to the movie. But but we don't 
we don't get to experience that. <laughs> we don't get to hear that song. The third and final little scene of silence. Mm-hmm. Everyone else seems to be enjoying it. Everyone in the world is listening to this song now. And the people at the radio station are like, what's going on? I'm not playing it. So Edgar, it Edgar is like in the fucking cloud or something. Who knows? But mm-hmm. it's an optimistic ending. Yeah. I, I, so I guess he didn't die. Yeah. And that's, uh, what's this fucking movie called? Computer Dreams? Digital electric dreams. dreams. Electric Dreams. Shit. Electric Dreams. That's Electric Dreams. Android's dream of Electric Dreams. Yeah, it's, you know, it's fine. Yeah. There are some things about it that are really vapor wavy. Like we were saying, the aesthetic is very cool. Mm-hmm. And if you like that kind of shit, then you'll like it. The acting is serviceable. It's all solid. So like, uh, you know, yeah. recommend, recommended from me. Yeah. I would say, why not? Yeah. Because it's free. So you have no excuse. Yeah. Might as well. So thanks, everybody. Let us know uh, if you watched it, what you thought. Um, What do we got next week? Okay. So I'm going to try and make it so that the next episode will be our Halloween episode. Ooh, Uh, spooky. Like right on Halloween. So, you know, we've done a lot of horror movies on this podcast already, but I wanted to do one that might actually be scary. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like fun and weird. Yeah. Um, So... The movie I'm going with, it's also our most recent one. It's called Occult, and it's from 2009. Occult. It does right. have an upload. It's directed by a guy named Koji Shiraishi, okay. uh, who directed a movie I've seen before and really liked and was really spooked by uh, called Neroi, The Curse. Okay. Uh, it's found footage horror, and this one is also seems to be found footage, but more of a mockumentary type. Uh, type. Cool, cool, cool. But cool. yeah. It's called Occult, and the easiest way to find it on YouTube, actually, is if you search for the sort of, I guess, uh, Englishization of the Japanese title, which is Okaruto, spelled O-K-A-R-U-T-O, and that should be the top result. Awesome. All right, you heard it. Guys, go uh, search for that. Give it a watch if you want to follow along next time a bit easier. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Give us a review or a rate or a whatever. Subscribe or whatever. How to improve. Yeah. You know, give us some feedback. What do you like? What do you not? And we'll uh, see you next time. Yeah. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.